0: Welcome to another edition of the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. I am Kyle Bird, as many of you know already, and uh, my co-host here is with me. That's Matt Parmley. Yes. Hi. Yes, hi. 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 Uh, and we are joined by no stranger to the podcast, Kevin Derendorf, who you may know from Mazer Patrol, the uh, the blog. And podcast and the excellent book Kaiju for Hipsters. Welcome back, Kevin.
1: Hello, hello. Uh, Apologies in advance if I'm lower energy tonight than than sometimes.
0: Uh, considering the the, the our the, the plate we got here, um, he's still he's still mad
2: about Batman Ninja Bird. That's,
0: <laughs> that's what it's payback. Uh, well, you know, you want to talk about Batman Ninja? We got a bunch of shitty King Kong ripoffs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's that's the best it could do yeah <laughs> i i understand
0: um and we have uh i guess this is a a, a kong exploitation episode um a monkey yeah uh, yes these are monkeys well i guess i guess that none of them are they're they're apes right well, I guess yeah, yeah. Chimps and gorillas aren't monkeys. That Anyone familiar with the Planet of the Apes uh, films will know that because they consider it a slur when you call them monkeys. So hey,
1: uh, humans are also apes.
0: This is true. Yeah. So Matt, maybe next time you decide to call, um, you know, gorillas <laughs> monkeys, you know you should think about it. i mean i just hope there's no futuristic uh uh ape people listening because uh <laughs> they'll come to cancel you uh, yeah <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> so a lot of people think kong's exploitation and they think of uh The Mighty Peking Man, Konga, Ape. um, We covered a whole bunch of those right before Skull Island came out. So if you go back to February 2017, if you haven't listened to that and want to hear us talk about those, please, you're more than welcome. Uh, But we talked about Konga, Queen Kong, The Mighty Gorga, Ape, and Mighty Peking Man. Now, if you thought that we were scraping the bottom of the barrel then, you know, bringing in ape and the mighty gorga. I I I mean uh today we're we're looking under the barrel. We're looking in the uh general vicinity of the barrel for some some that might have fallen out cuz we're talking about some stuff that uh is is b- I would say below <laughs> even the worst of that that bunch um yeah. most of which uh a lot of people probably and haven't haven't heard of um there's one in here that I, nobody <laughs> like literally nobody has seen and the only reason we we were even able to watch it is because Kevin's a maniac um <laughs> so yeah no we got uh we got we got quite a bit so first we're going to do um one one straggler that we didn't cover last time, from that first wave of Kong exploitation, which is Yeti. But then we're gonna move to the Kong exploitation of the Peter Jackson era, and that's where we get to King of the Lost World, uh, this thing called the Abominable, aka Ice Kong, um, and then we have the Asylum's Bigfoot from 2012. Um, which in some places was released as King Kong Three for some reason, and then we have Konga TNT from last year, um, and of course we're happy to see King Kong back on the big screen proper um, in a couple weeks for Godzilla vs. Kong. But in the meantime, we could only uh, we could only um, uh, uh, placate ourselves. By um, watching these, um,
1: I also watch "Bye Bye Monkey" just to tell people that they don't have to.
0: <laughs> yes, that's the weird. Is that an Italian film as as well?
1: It's French. French. Uh, it's, it's, it stars Gerard Depardieu as a as a guy that finds a baby, uh, baby chimp, I guess. Even though it should be a gorilla in in the corpse of king kong and decides to raise it as its so own is, and then, is it a,
0: is it the corpse of king kong or is it uh the prop the the big prop from the movie king kong
1: that is unclear it is inexplicably lying uh outside of the uh world trade center uh just in the dirt unattended and and he wanders up and he, he plays around with it and he finds a baby monkey so. okay
0: so it, it could be an actual corpse of a giant gorilla or it could be uh like a prop within the movie it
1: yeah if if it is a prop i don't understand why there's a why there's a baby ape inside of it if it's uh, king kong again, why is know. there
0: a baby ape inside of it
1: that's that's also a, a valid question
0: <laughs> um yeah that's that's a strange a strange one um, yeah, that's like a weird art, art film.
1: Yeah, uh, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's more focused on, you know, people having hard times connecting with people and depression and, uh, <laughs> so on and so forth. And not a, lot more not, a, not a good time. <laughs>
0: yeah. You could also even, you could also argue that the animated Kong stuff we talked about last time is Kong's exploitation. But you can listen to that. That's a whole other can of worms. Um uh, but yeah, so uh we have more giant ape movies. Um and uh I think I think it's safe to say that this subgenre um isn't the greatest <laughs> <laughs> at this point i'm comfortable saying that um all right so i guess let's let's start let's get into yeti um this is an italian movie uh from 1977 uh again based on uh I'm well this is this is an italian studio wanting to you know cash in on the king kong 76 uh craze the the hoopla um this is directed by a guy named Gianfranco Parolini.
1: Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. He's he's done some some awesome spaghetti westerns. Uh, you know, the the whole Sabata series, as well as the the first uh, Sartana film. So, uh, and God's gone. So, okay. You know, he's if you're if you're a western guy, you you might know those those Sabatas. That that that's Kooky. That's my favorite western.
0: I need to watch more spaghetti westerns. Like I've never seen one I haven't liked. I am not familiar with those. So if I've only seen this, I shouldn't take this as like a representation of of this man and his art.
1: I I don't think so. I don't think this is uh. I don't think this is crazy enough. Honestly. <laughs>
0: oh wow. Okay. Um. That is. That means something. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Yeti is an interesting one because while it is definitely a, an attempt to capture, you know, some some dollars from moviegoers that were all into King Kong, it's it's interesting to note that this movie uh, exists simultaneously because of another Dino De Laurentiis movie that did not get made which was um after Kong was released uh he announced that he was going to make uh, another uh movie called um called Ye- a Yeti about a uh, a big you know yeti um it was going to be written by David Goodman who co-wrote Straw Dogs of all <laughs> of all things um and that was based on a story by an Italian writer named Giorgio Moser supposedly uh, Moser had discussed the uh the idea with Perolini. Um and then this movie happened and he claimed that Parolini stole the idea, and so uh um Yeti was already the, the Italian Yeti was already in production uh, because they crank out movies like 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 crazy, especially you know back in the '70s, and that um, deterred the Dino De Laurentiis Yeti movie from being made. And of course, he would go and make um, you know still still try to make something that that I guess could be considered a cash in on Kong when he he did Orca and the White Buffalo, but. That's the the strange, I guess, uh, origin of 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 this, uh, which is interesting because you know at the same time that that was happening, Dino was legitimately suppressing other Kong ripoffs like Ape and Queen Kong. Um, he he managed to get those buried. Uh, he successfully <laughs> managed to get those buried for a while. Um, so uh, yeah this movie (laughs) um (laughs) uh, despite this movie's infamy i this i had actually never seen it until we did this podcast and it was about on par with what i would have expected it to be so um we have the giant a giant yeti that is he's found in ice and he's unfrozen, and, and I mean the the story is very familiar. Um, he's exploited by what? What's what's the company that is trying to exploit him? I, they're I I cannot remember.
1: It was like the name of the family.
0: Yeah, what were they like? What was their business? Did they tell us? I don't know.
1: I, don't uh, know. <laughs> I think they were in foods. Or something, you know, because they, there's a whole big marketing campaign when they, when they have the um, the yeti yeah. out, and, and you, you see like posters up that are sort of, um, you know, promoting him. And I I, I don't remember, but it's, it's something like you know, yeah. Like it, well, they yeti end up be, they,
0: they whatever, use them to so. to promote everything from yeah, food, and then oil. Like there's a scene where there's like a gas station, and it says like. Put Yeti in your tank or some <laughs> or some garbage. <laughs> um, but yeah, the 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 businessman. We we we're, we spend a lot of time with his. Um, I, I guess this his niece and nephew. Um,
1: yeah, Honeycut is the, the name of the.
0: <laughs> that just sounds like they were like, what's the what would be a, na- a good name for like a greedy business guy, Mister Honeycut, like who's a big fat like boisterous cigar chomping businessman <laughs> and you have yeah you have Mr. Mr. Honeycut um so you have uh his his uh, niece Jane and her brother um who is a mute uh and it it it's kind of weird cuz the movie like hints at like things that might make him like like talk again like, uh, but he never does, <laughs> so I don't know if that's a character arc that, uh, was in the screenplay at some point, but it's not here. Uh, anyway, and then, and then they're also constantly thwarted by, uh, this goon that, that the guy has, uh, what, played by Tony Kendall. Does, does anyone, I couldn't, I didn't really understand this character. Did you? Did anyone?
1: It seems to like oscillate back and forth whether he's supposed to be a good guy or not, and I guess it's it's like a something that's it's it's a it's a, supposed to be a twist what that he turns up being a villain, but it's it's telegraphed so early that it's
2: yeah, like kind he's of never a, nice well, he's to, also to to bang the owner's dot like niece the whole movie. Who's that's, sixteen, yeah. by the way? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. He,
1: he looks like he's about <laughs> three to four times her age.
0: Yeah, the the girl in this one is is 16, which actually I uh, apparently she was married at the time that they made this. She married when she she got married when she was 15. So I don't know. Um uh, so anyway, yeah, I I I didn't understand that character um cuz like he's he's the movie tells us he's kind of like supposed to be like watching them and protecting them, but he's also a jerk and then and then it, it turns out he's also working for like a competing, like a rival company, right? Like at the like he's like trying
2: the to sabotage everything with Yeti.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I I don't know what's up with that guy. Um, but yeah, the Yeti is just a it's it's played by a guy in like a fur suit, and, and like he's got like really big hair and like a big beard. Um, it's a it's a person, and it, it's aside from movies about giant people, like you know, Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman, stuff like that. You really don't see this very often. Um, aside from like, there's Frankenstein. Frankenstein conquers the world, which it, like I like that Frankenstein monster a lot. And then there's uh, on the other end of the coin, there's this, and I can't for the. I mean, maybe they thought that just having the actor's face would would uh, like. I guess, make it so he,
1: like, emotes more? Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure that was the thought process, but it's funny because none of the, like, poster art shows a vaguely human face at all.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. Yeah, and the, the, the the actors, he's just weird. Like, I don't, I, it, it, it was not a good idea. Um. Anyway, but, yeah, most of the time this Yeti just kind of walks around confused, and he's, uh, there's, I mean, there are miniature effects, obviously, but, but a lot, there's a lot of, uh, just him superimposed in front of, you know, natural, like, environments, (laughs) you know, so he, he, he doesn't really do a whole lot of rampaging, um, uh and then the yeah the kid the the kids have a collie dog um that we see a guy like i think he stabs it but then at the end he's like the dog's fine so uh, (laughs) i don't understand that um no this is a weird movie and it is now available in uh hd on uh, a blu-ray from i I think is it code red code red do this yeah
1: Yeah, that this doesn't have any special features, though. So you know, if you're <laughs> it, it, on the least, fence about it, you know. at
0: least it's it, at least the transfer seems good because, um, I like I don't own the Blu-ray, and I was like none of the versions on uh, Amazon or Tubi or whatever like looked any good. The best version I was able to find uh, was on YouTube. Everything else was like old VHS transfers. So. Um, if you i guess if you want to see this movie in h in hd just so it can stand be made watch it the way it's meant to be seen or whatever you can um i don't know that I, that i care enough for this movie to do that but um but it, no this this is a weird movie uh so so um i guess i've rambled for for a, a bit and you know i'll we'll I'll go into some more things I have to say, but yeah, I mean, what are you guys? Where are you guys on Yeti? Uh, what is? What's the subtitle on this? The Beast? Uh, yes. The Oh no, the Giant of the 20th Century. My bad.
2: <laughs> um, inexplicable in many ways. Bert, I'm surprised you mentioned props, and we we didn't talk about the uh, the nipple the nipple. Bro- <laughs> oh wow! Oh, yeah, we we
0: can get. I, no, that's definitely a big. A a big talking point I had. I just figured I'd I'd you know break up the monotony of my own voice by <laughs> by by passing it to you guys. We can totally talk about the nipple Please, scene. Though.
2: We have to talk about the nipple prop.
0: All right. It, it sounds like it sounds like <laughs> Matt is unable to function to process his thoughts until we get because this is uh, uh kind of with this movie. This is the kind of uh the the giant yeti in the room. I mean, that whole sequence is weird. I mean, we we might as well just talk about that whole sequence. Um, so, I mean, I, anyone that's seen Kong 76 remembers um, the scene where... I guess you could say that Kong and Duan first bond, even though that movie makes Kong seem like such a perv that... I don't know. But anyway, so, so it's when she's... Uh, you know he's he's cleaning her off in the waterfall and he's blow drying her and 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 things like that so in in this uh he's he's got the the yeti as the girl in his hand and i don't know why any human being would think to do this uh if they were being carried by a giant yeti but she she like gently rubs his nipple and his nipple gets gets hard it's like uh and and it's like they built like a life-sized yeti nipple prop that like in they would inflate when she rubs it and the yeti is like i don't know he like smiles or something so and that's like how how like they learn to like each other like <laughs> and, and and then and then it gets weirder because the yeti uh, the the yeti he he does the he eats does he eat the fish Kevin?
1: No. Yeah, well he, he he gets like giant fish, inexplicably large fish. Uh, so that you know the the like human George. actor that's playing uh, the the yeti can have a a a regular-sized fish in his hand. And then he, he, you know, he he eats fish and he also gives them a fish and then he, you know, he gives them the remains of what he's eaten so that the woman can clean up, I guess, because it's that kind of movie.
0: Yeah, so he eats a fish that's, like, like six feet long. Like, this is a huge fish. And when he's done, he uses, like, the, the fish bones like he uses the fish skeleton to like brush her hair (laughs) and i don't the the whatever maniac was making this movie was like yeah this is just as like this is as charming as king kong trying to like like clean a a woman off and uh, like and it's all very strange
1: so i I have watched this movie several times, and honestly, I didn't realize that was supposed to be a nipple until you pointed it out because it's just something that would not have occurred to me yeah uh,
0: well did you well it also but to your credit though, like if you're going off of one of those really crummy transfers that I was talking about, like I don't know if you you'd be able to tell what's going <laughs> what's happening.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was this is my first time watching it in, in decent resolution. So. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, like that is legitimately one of the. I mean, and, and you know, people that have been listening to this podcast for a long time, like we've reviewed like I, so much stuff, so many different kinds of things, and that that is legitimately one of the, if not the strangest thing I've seen in any. Giant monster movie. It's it's completely mind-boggling. It's wild.
2: It's not that that it happens. It's that they also made the prop, and then <laughs> like made the prop work in a way to make the nipple turn. Hard. It's just I,
0: yeah. I wonder. Like I wonder if that's anywhere. Like I mean probably not i feel like you know I, I feel like a lot of these old italian movies they probably just like threw this crap out but like you know wouldn't it be interesting if some collector like a bob burns or, or something like had the
2: <laughs> had the the giant nipple from <laughs> from yeti <laughs> he's got like an air pump like blowing air yeah you playing with it
0: uh yeah no that <laughs> that would be great um Okay, so, so with that out of the way, um, no, that's definitely something that needs to be addressed. Um, <laughs> with the, with that out of the way, what what's, like, I don't know, what what do you guys... Uh, Kevin, you said you've seen this movie several times? Yeah. Why? I have
2: so
1: uh, many <laughs> questions. <laughs> I have so many questions for you, Kevin. Well, so, you know, I, I have the, the whole, you know, c- c- completionist thing where I check out all sorts of things and... Then I did that that Kong Count series back when Skull Island came out, so I was just like, okay, well, I'm just gonna grab King Kong stuff from from all over the the place and you know rewatch it. Then and then um, then when the Blu-ray came out, I'm like, eh, it, was, it exists. I'll, I'll pick it up and then uh, then immediately watched it for, <laughs> for for this show. So you know, it's, it's not that I'm like like a huge fan of it. It's just kind of like. The opportunity has presented itself many times because of the nature of its content, so uh,
0: <laughs>
1: I'm sure it'll it'll happen again at some point that somebody's like, "Oh, we're doing a rundown of all the exploitation films and they'll be like okay well i'm gonna I'm not, I'm not super stoked to watch this, but you know it's there's it's the best movie we'll be talking about tonight so
0: uh you best no. maybe, <laughs> but well. We'll get there, uh, Matt. What's your takeaway on Yeti? <clears throat>
2: um, I liked it a lot more than I was expecting. If that says anything, like it, it was, it was far better uh, than, than I went in. Like I'm like, this is going to be terrible. I'm going to hate every minute of this. I, I didn't hate it. It's very inexplicable. There's some things that don't make sense. You mentioned the dog. Uh, getting murdered and then being fined, <laughs> but still covered in but still covered in blood <laughs> um, the the villain being very convoluted and you're not quite sure what his motivation is because he like gets he gets phone calls from what you assume is like a competitor. it doesn't exactly seem clear what they're trying to do, whether they're trying to kill the yeti or they're just trying to sabotage the ability for the the family to like you know, use the the, the Yeti to, to promote things. Um, but all that said, like, I, I surprisingly enjoyed this just a ton more than I thought I would. And, like, there, there's a weird... Uh, I don't know, there's a weird aesthetic to it that I kind of found just very charming overall.
1: Did the, did the Yeti heal the dog? I felt like there was something like that. But, you know,
2: this is... Well, I, I watched this movie like six weeks ago now. At this point, so it's kind of like blurry. <laughs> I just remember the dog. Like at the end of the movie, the dog comes back, but he's still like covered in and blood, <laughs> blood at the end, running around. When so, w-
0: the I'm, Yeti, the Yeti, like he he gets he winds up uh, like uh, on oxygen or something in in that warehouse. Um, was yeah. that? was that uh, like he he rampaged everywhere and then was that cuz they shot him a bunch of times
1: no it was because and this is bad science uh <laughs> he was he was out of his native environment of the Himalayas uh so he needed more oxygen because he's at a <laughs> lower altitude <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: but yeah that's when the um the the guy double crosses Honeycut, i guess and and like him and his goons like try to take the yeti off the the life support and then the yeti wakes up and uh, oh this is an awesome scene uh one of the goons he like he the yeti grabs the guy with his foot and like uh crushes him between his toes i've never (laughs) seen that
2: (laughs) yeah they they also murder i think one of the like the the lead doctor scientists people and they try to frame yeah they, they like try the, to frame the yeti yeah um and they try to kill the kid uh the, the mute kid because he, he's seen too much
1: yeah i mean he's mute what's he gonna tell
0: <laughs> which again this movie brings up like these weird opportunities where like you think the kid's gonna learn to talk again but then he just like doesn't
1: i mean speaking of, of weird stuff with him like we're told that he's the one that found the yeti but we don't get that scene we just like we start with the them thawing him out.
0: Yeah, why are these kids finding Yetis? I don't. Uh,
1: <laughs> I have no idea.
0: And then the the ending... I mean also. <laughs> it's
1: it's it, why why is the Yeti in Canada? Why is the Yeti <laughs> Yeah, I, we should we
0: should mention that this is a co production between Italy and Canada, so the movie takes place in Canada. Um. Uh but yeah the the yetis i the yeti uh the 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 way that his whole story ends is like it feels like they just didn't know how to end it because um so everyone thinks that he's done all these horrible things um you know he was framed uh for killing the one guy and you know he breaks out of the 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 containment facility where where he 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 was uh uh on on the oxygen tanks. And so like the police like you know the the police and everyone like they're they're chasing after him like trying to kill him and then they get to like the mountain and and the the girl's like no like he's actually good and then they're like Yeti you don't belong here like you need you should go and then the Yeti's just like oh okay and then he just like Well walk- wa- yeah he just like walks walks away <laughs> <laughs> and then that's the ending <laughs> Um we it is interesting we we get a little bit of a something I guess we don't we don't really get it in too many kong movies outside of you know the one little scene where he breaks free but we we do get a scene like I mentioned the 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 advertisement with the at the gas station but we do get a little bit of like the public's um reaction to the yeti uh like we see, uh, ads, we see, like, crowds, like, in the streets holding signs, like, you know, having parades for the Yeti. There's, there's t-shirts that women wear that has, like, two giant Yeti hands over their boobs. There's, uh, what's the sign, Kevin? We talked about one, there's one specific, particular sign, like, ki- was it, like, kiss me, Yeti, or?
1: Yeah, that was, uh, that was on the t-shirt, Okay. So so they had the they had the hands over their breasts, and then on the back of the shirt was was kiss me Yeti.
0: Yeah. So um, from what we get to see, the the Canada had Yeti mania um, in this movie. Uh, speaking of that gas uh, station sign, um, so everyone's familiar with the uh, um, the the horribly failed life-size robotic kong from king kong 76 for this movie they actually did build a 20 foot tall yeti uh prop that looked nothing like the guy playing the yeti like it looked it looks more like it uh, it looks it probably looks how it should have looked (laughs) it looks how the how the yeti should have looked in this movie um but it 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 looks nothing like it and um you know for whatever reason they didn't they they built it and they did not use use it in any shots of the movie but they did use the the life-size yeti um for the the poster outside the gas station that says um you know put Yet- the Yet- yeti in your tank there's a so that little ad is actually a picture of the life-size Yeti prop. It's probably a behind-the-scenes photo or something. Um,
1: I think they used the the legs of the prop in a few scenes.
0: Because... Yeah, I, I could see that, um, That and that would make sense. Um, but, yeah, that's another thing I guess these guys like to do is spend too much money on giant creature props they never use. Um <laughs> So, uh, oh, and then, uh, we're, we're, we're treated to this horrible song, um, uh, that was made for the movie, um, and actually released as a single when the movie came out, um, from a, a made-up band called The Yetians, um, and I, this, this song is terrible, i don't know if you do you guys remember the song
1: (laughs) i i remember that it exists i don't remember the the lyrics uh i mean it was basically the same refrain that comes up throughout the whole movie over and over and over um but it would be a good place to splice it in right now if we were in an audio podcast perhaps yeah (laughs) yeah
0: I, i should find it and uh put it on uh to play us out at the end. Yeah, the the score is actually pretty decent and it, it keeps reusing that What's the music that it reuse it uses? It's 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 it ex it's a, it's a track that existed before this. I sound like a total moron especially to people that know the song I'm talking about.
2: I uh don't remember the movie that well, so asking me to remember the song isn't, <laughs> isn't going to happen. Oh, I, I know what
1: you're talking about. But, uh, People that know uh, classical
0: music want to kill me right now.
1: Assuming they've also seen this movie, which is, you know,
0: a, a tall ass. <laughs> anyway, it's, it, I feel like it's music that uh, that anyone would know. It gets used a lot, commer- from commercials to mo- like. It's 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 this famous piece of music that they repurpose a lot in this movie. And anyway, my point is the score is actually pretty decent. Um, the
2: score is pretty decent overall.
0: Yes. Um Anyway, uh <clears throat> So yeah, that's oh, I I guess the coolest scene, I guess the coolest monster rampage scene is probably when the Yeti is, uh, he's climbing that building and, like, he's kicking in all the, all the windows to, like, yeah. use his steps. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, I
1: mean, we, we get a, we get a couple because there's, there's that, there's the whole warehouse rampage where he's killing all the, the, the Mooks and, uh, and I mean at the the beginning when he first wakes up because they decided that the best way to revive an animal was to take it up in a helicopter <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah the that's all very very strange uh no the whole movie is is really kind of just it's a bizarre one um uh i'm still i'm still hung up on this this piece of music um <laughs> uh i think the music i'm referring to is uh carmina burana it's called and Yes, if you search for that, you will find the music that inspired <laughs> the theme to this this film
1: um, i I'm, I'm sure my mom is very disappointed in me for not remembering that <laughs> um,
0: anyway yeah I, I don't i it's this movie is it plays completely s- serious but it's just ridiculously absurd um <laughs> So yeah, that's Yeti. I don't know. Are is there anything else that that, that you want to add or that 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 people should know about Yeti, the giant of the 20th century?
1: Yeah, everybody that keeps sending me the same quote clip of uh, King Kong appears in Edo. That's that's not from King Kong appears in Edo. That's from this. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: The that, that there's a YouTube thing that's like uh clip from lost japanese king kong movie and it's 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 the the yeti it, did they uh, did they uh did they put that in black and white at least yeah okay yeah i mean a, a cool little it fan... may or may not be
1: the same person that did the uh the kaiju gaiden uh spoof
0: which would also be <laughs> so... the same person who did the Bagon on in final wars video, (laughs) which, which was circulated so much that people actually legitimately believed it was, like, real, and then there were, that led to, like, all these YouTube videos about how it's not real, and it's like, guys, this was, this was always just, this was legitimately always supposed to just be, like, a joke, but, um, yeah, no, I forgot about that one, uh, so... All right, I guess we can uh, we can we can go ahead and give this a, a rating out of um, you know how many inflatable yeti nipples do you give this <laughs> out of five? Um, I guess I'll start. I mean, I guess I would give this a a very favorable two, um, in that you know I don't know that I would watch this again. Maybe for something like if I'm having like a shitty movie night with with some friends but uh i feel like the you know the first half hour or so i was totally with it and then like the last half hour i was with it again and then it's like it's like that middle chunk that for me was just kind of really was like I just felt really kind of boring and drawn out um it's not a long movie by any means um but it it does it 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 does slow down for a considerable amount um, to do nothing that's really that interesting, um, so yeah, I mean, I I, I would give this a, a two, um, uh, but it's it's you know it's it's a two it's a two star movie that actually earns its two stars. I guess I'll say.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it a, a two and a half. Uh, awkwardly pronounced Yetis out of uh, five.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think she alternates between Yeti and Yeti at times during the, the movie um, I'm also at a two and a half and by the way for those who want to hear the Yeti band uh, someone put together a compilation of clips from the movie played to the Yetians band so oh, you can Lord. go check that out on YouTube <laughs> excellent
0: <laughs> Yeti, you have to go home and then he just goes home (laughs) that's the end of that he's
2: like oh okay
0: um all right so now that we're we're all through with our our 1970s you know time to get into kong mania circa 2005 um which of course peter jackson's king kong uh had taken us by storm, uh, that winter, um, and that is when we have the very early Asylum Mockbuster, King of the Lost World, which is actually an adaptation of Arthur Conan Doyle's The Lost World, um, which, uh, actually partially inspired King Kong to begin with, so um uh interesting kind of full circle thing there um and this is interesting because usually we're kind of you know we're a little bit more on the same page with the asylum you know trev's usually our asylum movie reviewer but we have kevin who, who from what i understand is much less forgiving of the asylum than the rest of us isn't that right kevin
1: yeah generally speaking i I think this movie uh, more than than one of the other ones that we have coming up uh holds up a little better, um, but uh, it, in general, I, I feel like they really have a kind of a mentality of of uh cranking things out as as quick as possible <laughs> and not really given a, much in the way of consideration of uh, if things are of acceptable quality.
0: You won't get an <laughs> argument back from me <laughs> in regards that's, that's to back. that. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I mean, uh, my my u- my usual defense of the asylum is they're not really guilty of much worse than you know what Roger Corman has ever done. But you know, I where where and you'll agree with this. The caveat is that Corman was really good at finding unique, I guess. Talent and, and, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I, look, I have never had to make an asylum movie. I, I'm sure the people that get assigned these projects probably, at least some of them, probably do the best that with what they're given. Like this direct, the guy that directed this uh lee scott i'm I'm sure it's not easy to make one of these and i'm sure he would rather be doing something else and i'm sure that he has to you know he probably has to do everything in one take and hurry on to the next thing because it costs five dollars you know
1: and and more than that i think that they get they get pressured to you know you gotta uh, make three movies this month every month, and then, you know, there's a point at which you just... your tank is empty, and you're just going <laughs> right. through the motions.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Um, that, that's like anyone at, at work, <laughs> you know? You see that <laughs> with big directors, you know? Look at any, any year that Steven Spielberg has made more than one film. It's like, there's always one that's really good, and one that you're like, what is... what? What is he doing? Um, uh So, yeah, this is a, a weird update of The Lost World, um, there's no giant ape in the novel, um, you know, the, the, the novel had a race of, you know, primitive ape people, and you see, uh, in the, the Willis O'Brien movie, there's one ape guy, so yeah, that's, that's completely new, that's not, (laughs) that's not part of, of The Lost World, um, but this updates it, <clears throat> to, um, uh, the 21st century, um, and, uh, we have, anyone familiar with, with the story, we have, um, a lot of our, our same characters, although they're a little different, but, you know, we have Ed Malone, John Roxton, um, uh, Professor Summerly is now a female, uh, Rita Summerly. see, you, you know, we're talking all this... We're saying all these things about the asylum. This is two thousand five and they're already gender swapping uh uh characters, you know. Th- th- this is this is they that everyone's doing that now. So, you know, that's trendsetters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh for some reason, instead of having a, a, a professor challenger, um, instead of being a scientist uh challenger is a, a lieutenant, uh lieutenant with the u s armed forces <laughs> um and uh there i think the this is people that crash on an island so um there's definitely a a bit of lost in here as well you know no no pun intended, maybe it's an intended pun, I don't know, but uh yeah, this is also around the time that you know the show lost was was really big I believe um and uh <clears throat> just like it, it did I never watched Lost did Lost do the the thing where like there a plane crashes and then the people from yeah. that plane go to find another plane that has other people on it
2: or had other no, people on it there's like a a beacon, like the first season is. There's like this weird beacon they find that's giving off a signal. And they're tri- It's it's basically the same thing.
0: Okay, yeah, because yeah, that that that's like oh, the, another plane crash here, and I, I I believe that's where they find Lieutenant Challenger. Um. So yeah, it, it's and and also them crashing on an island. Uh, the original Lost World. It's it's a plateau, not an island. Um. Uh. But yeah, the there's no dinosaurs <laughs> like the Lost World. Uh, instead, we have giant insects, giant spiders, scorpions, giant plants, uh, weird dragons. There's dragons yeah. there for some reason, um, and uh, there's natives that are like uh, they look like like they're they're in like corpse paint like they're in a black metal band or the the lead guy <laughs> has like for anyone that any any punk rock fans out there he's he's got what looks like you know misfits makeup yep. skull, <laughs> skull makeup on uh which it, it's all really a, a really strange choice. You can also tell this is an early asylum movie because um there's nudity and I'm pretty sure after like a couple years of existence uh, when the asylum started like, making movies with the sci-fi channel. I, they're, they're, they weren't doing nudity or swearing or, or anything like that. So, um, uh, And, you know, actually, to backtrack a little bit, just because I, I didn't know if Kevin knew this, but, Kevin, did you know The Asylum used to be, like, a real, like, company? <laughs> like, did you know they used to, like, be a real independent, like, film distributor?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I guess it depends on... On uh, one's threshold, but uh, well, for I mean... for
0: example, like I, one of their first movies was an independent movie that they they picked up. Like it, it had, co- it starred Colin Firth. Um, also, Stuart Gordon's movie King of the Ants um, was one that they did, and then uh, I think it was around this time when it was like War of the Worlds and King Kong and the Day the Earth Stood Still. I think that's kind of when they started getting into the mockbuster business
1: yeah I, I do remember hearing that maybe it was even War of the Worlds when they they figured out that you know those were the movies that were the most profitable for them, and they they really embraced that and i'm I mean they do a lot of other stuff that's not mockbusters also um but oh yeah, uh, I think that a similar mentality tends to to come into play a lot of, throughout it,
0: yeah, um. And yeah, these were made for the home, like movies like this were made for the home video market, where like some confused old person would would rent this, <laughs> thinking it's King Kong or or something like that. It, it's interesting. Like, does the mockbuster die with the video store? Like, I don't know. I don't like. I don't know where that's going to be going now. Because it seems I, like it seems like you know people would either. Like buy these used at a video store, or the rentals would come from, like I said, people that don't know what they're renting. Like, I, I is there a future for the mop, the mockbuster?
1: I think you'll see streaming services buying a lot of them, and you'll see that that thumbnail that looks deceptively similar to a big blockbuster movie, and yeah, you know, give it a give it a click, and then yeah. Uh,
0: I don't. I just. I don't see it being the 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 phenomena that it was though. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I, it it might evolve in the same way that you know we're not seeing the same sort of deal where you have you know every country puts out their own version of a a Jaws or a King Kong or a yeah. Star Wars or an Alien you know like we did in the seventies.
0: Yeah, and and to the Asylum's credit, a little bit, it seems like they it seems like they they're finding ways to navigate around that um uh of course uh our friend Avery Guerra uh he's always post like he's he's done publi- publishing stuff with the asylum and he's he's been posting about like some some foreign genre movies that they're acquiring so it seems like they're they're you know they it seems like they probably realize there's not going to be as much of a market for that and they've been doing TV stuff. Like I haven't watched any of it, but like Z Nation on Sci-Fi, I know that's a popular show. Um, anyhow, so King of the Lost World uh, is a strange one um, because, like I said, because it's it's really weird to kind of. Just what, just the, what they do to try to tie this in with the lost world is strange. Like aside from the character names, I don't know that there's too much in in common with <laughs> with the original story, um, which are you know things I've I've mentioned already. Um, uh, with the monster action, uh, I I because we we watch this together, and I think we were all kind of surprised that we we do get like we get a decent chunk of stuff in at the beginning and we're like oh maybe this will actually be like fun it's always it's the asylum's always a gamble because you always get something that's just incredibly boring or and you get uh, you get a little more later on when they kind of you know found out that people that when they started playing to the absurdity of of their stuff uh it, they put more action in their movies. But yeah, I remember like within the first 30 minutes, like you get your first glimpse of the giant ape that comes in for no real reason (laughs) kills. (laughs) Yeah. Kills a lady in the, in that, in that plane. Um, You get a neat sequence that reminded me of the scene that would be in Skull Island many years later uh, where like a big spider thing, Um, uh, uh, kills a guy and it's like from like way up in the trees and it reminded me a little bit of the scene in Skull Island where um, they have the giant daddy long legs it it didn't go into the gruesome like cannibal holocaust reference with you know the the leg going through the guy but it, it was very similar um Interestingly enough, also at the end you have a bunch of jets fighting the, the giant ape, which also reminded me of the Skull Island scene with the helicopters. I mean, not as good, obviously, but it's it's an interesting observation.
2: I, I think I, one of the, the things the movie does that I, I thought was actually kind of neat is it takes the, the islanders and the, the natives and it actually turns out that the natives have been there from like another plane crash the whole time and what they've done is as other planes crash they basically either they sacrifice a number of people from that other plane crash and then they also adopt some people into their group to kind of grow their numbers so yeah they, interesting... they like hypnotize them or, or they... yeah they so, and they they sacrifice the the people to actually in this case I think it's the dragons it's not yeah
0: I I yeah. that's actually that was actually kind of kind of clever because I I think that we're, we we are kind of assuming that their sacrifice is going to be to the ape but instead it's for all these big dra- all these little well I guess they're they're big but compared to the giant ape they're little all these dragons that. Then the ape actually comes and fights off all the dragons. That was actually an interesting uh, little little twist.
1: I just watched uh, At the Earth's Core, so you know it's you know not not that different.
0: <laughs> <laughs> At the Earth's Core is a really fun movie, though. So uh, I appreciate that reference. Um, um, <clears throat> but yeah, am I the only one that that thought of Skull Island when he starts, nah, you know, he's surrounded weird. by planes and everything?
1: I mean, I, I, I thought I, of it because we were watching it together and you were like, hey, this looks like Skull Island. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I see it. So. I
0: would never, ever, like, in I would never think that anyone making Skull Island would have seen this movie. Um, legitimately. <laughs> so, you know, it's probably nothing but a coincidence. It's just, it's a, a fun... A fun notation,
1: though. Um, I wouldn't put anything past Boat Roberts. I think he's, he, he. I think he goes deep.
0: <laughs> he is. Uh, he yeah. He is. He is nerdy enough to have probably seen something like this. Um, uh, yeah, we have. Uh, well, I guess we should mention um, Challenger is played by. Uh, Bruce Boxleitner, who just seems, he, he seemed to be, uh, in a few of those early Asylum movies, um, but, you know, people know him from Tron, obviously, I think that's the big one, we have Steve back from a bunch of 80s stuff, you know, I mean, Life Force, uh, Blue Monkey, I mean, if, if, Alligator 2, the mutation, like, if, if you're familiar with like those '80s B movies, well, I guess I guess it wouldn't be a surprise to see him in <laughs> a '2000s B movie. But so so yeah, I guess his his career trajectory didn't cha- shift much. Um, anyway, but yeah, I, I, after that first spider attack, I think we were all like, "Oh, this actually like is pretty fun." And then it 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 really kind of slows down. Um, and uh I think you know we get that sequence in the cave with the giant scorpions um and yeah we get the natives you know doing their their weird stuff for a scene that goes seems like it goes on forever um
1: oh, they're trying to sell it to Cinemax
2: <laughs> That that yes that's exactly that's exactly what that Yeah.
0: Was. Um uh the the guys that they got to play malone and roxton i could not tell apart to save my life um they look they just looked the same to me um and uh yeah i i I couldn't keep track of which one was which uh luckily one of them is killed (laughs) halfway through so i don't have i didn't have to struggle with that very much longer um but yeah, the 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 ending things did kind of pick up, you know. I I did, I did find the the climax to be fun with the um with the dragons, the big ape uh at the end um uh challenger has like for whatever reason he was on his plane with a nuke, a nuclear bomb. <laughs> 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 And um, and they end up detonating that that bomb with uh, like he has a detonator. The other character has a detonator. They end up detonating it and like taking out all all the creatures. <laughs> um, and but everyone's standing like five feet away. Yeah, and
2: that was gonna be when I was. Yeah, and
0: they're and and they're, like, and they're, like, and they're just like, oh, we're here. okay now. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's pretty much how it ends, uh, like, uh, because the ape technically, like, fends off all the dragons, but the ape is also still, like, trying to kill them, and so, yeah, they detonate this nuke that, like, kills everything, and they're like, oh, this is great, we're alive, and, and then the movie ends, um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. We watched this one together, so I, I kind of know how everyone feels about it. But um, there's not much else to say about this this one. Uh, what what are you guys' you know thoughts, takeaways on King of the Lost World?
2: Kind of want to hear what Kevin thinks first because I know you know not not loving the asylum. I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, as, how the, as the asylum
0: uh, uh, is the, the, the anti asylum guy. Yeah, we'll start. Yeah, I
1: was I was pleasantly surprised by it. I mean, I uh, I couldn't tell you a thing about any of the actors, uh, but there was at least you know a variety of uh, of creatures. Uh, they seemed to you know do some do some rendering on them. They didn't reuse the same animation over and over. It looked <laughs> like they went to uh, an actual location to film instead of just you know somebody's backyard. So, I mean, these are all like. Considerably higher production values than uh, I'm I'm used to with uh, <laughs> with their work. So.
0: Some of that is uh, I'm assuming stuff that he's going to apply to the other asylum movie we're going to talk
2: about. Later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kevin, Kevin just his hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, not untrue though. There's
0: not nothing you say. I, no, in, I I, I can't. They're all they're all valid points. We just have different uh, uh, perspectives <laughs> on those points. Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: we like, we, we <laughs> can talk about the philosophy of, of <laughs> bad movies at some point or something.
2: I'm just kind of surprised that you were, like, okay, I, I hear me and Bird talking about it. And we're talking about all these different monsters and creatures and, and different things. Um, I struggle with this movie, even watching it with, like, with the group. And this is kind of the perfect movie for that because you know what's going to be bad going in. So, the, the best case scenario is watching it with your friends and just kind of making fun of it and laughing together. And, like, to me, that's that always enhances a movie like this. But I think that the downside to it, as Bird talked about, like, it, it does really drag once you get past the first, like, half an hour. And the, the, so the, the kind of character development that you get is just not, it's not that interesting and it's not, it's not so bad. That you can laugh at it it's just kind of like there and i think that the dragging out of the of this whole movie is what really frustrated me and especially the the sequence with the natives because like that's kind of an interesting idea to to basically have these people like okay we weren't the original people here but we're going to start bringing people into our group but the way that it's handled is just very slow and monotonous and that's really what took me out of it i did like the creature stuff and, and some of that is fun and some of that is actually pretty hysterical. But overall, I was just not a huge fan of this movie.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I'm right there with you <laughs> pretty much.
1: Pl- pl- pleasantly surprised doesn't mean I ever want to watch it again.
0: But, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. it's
1: just, I was I was you know, when you're, you're bracing to like get punched really hard and then you, it's, it's sort of like a light tap. You're like, oh, OK. You know, it's that, that kind of. Um
0: okay, so how many uh harmless nukes would you give king of the lost world i went
2: with uh, one and I'll a go half.
1: First.
2: yeah i'm I'm right there with you bird i'm at a one and a half
1: you i I'll I'll, I'll I'll go uh uh two uh inexplicable airplane crashes <laughs> 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 um
0: and like I said about Yeti, though, I mean, the, the one and a half that it earns, like, it does earn. Like, I, I do think the, f- the first and last, like, 20 minutes or so are legitimately fun. It's everything in between that gets a little not-so-fun. All right. It's time, guys. So, the obscure, obscure obscure (laughs) 2006 movie, which I can only imagine, again, I I think it probably had to have been, you know, uh, spurned or inspired by Peter Jackson's 2005 King Kong, and that is The Abominable, um, a.k.a. Ice Kong, which is uh, the... So the interesting thing about this movie is that it's an American movie uh american low budget independent b-movie from what i understand only place in the world it's been released is japan on dvd under the title ice kong so while that is like the weird foreign title for the abominable it's also in a way the only legitimate title because it's the only release the movie's ever seen ever ever gotten um which makes it incredibly hard to to see um in the united states it's, it's, it's
1: also a better title because there's a movie just called abominable from the same year right
0: is that so the, if you try to search for yeah that one and that that's actually this, a fun little sasquatch movie it has uh is lance hendrickson in that one
2: anyway i have not seen that
0: yeah one. We're, we're well anyway it's got tiffany shepis it's it's a decent little uh like movie Um, but anyway yeah and and, and i was i was very surprised to learn the abominable is actually directed by uh, a a fellow by the name of patrick g john donahue um and i don't know much about this guy he's only made you know a handful of movies you know five six films Um, i've only seen one other one though It's uh, an action movie from 1994 called Parole Violators. Um, And it stars um, Sean Donahue, who um, uh, I'm assuming is his brother or something, uh, who actually um, wrote the screenplay to this, but holy shit, you guys. If anyone here (laughs) hasn't seen Parole Violators... If you like like really like insane stupid like B action movies from uh like the early 90s like it's insane like imagine uh, imagine like your standard action movie you know the bad guys are you know drug dealers and and things like that uh but imagine the protagonist is uh, a tv show host who looks for literal parole violators and just is he constantly gets the shit beat out of him, but he never gets hurt um it it really even my like my explanation does not make it sound as crazy as it is but just look up like clips or a trailer or uh or something of parole violators and uh your life will be enriched um <laughs> however <laughs> getting back to abominable i i prefer the title of ice kong too so from this moment forward i will refer to it as ice kong um ice kong isn't as exciting as pearl violators not that many <laughs> not that many films are um so yeah this is like early digital camera cheap 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 b-movie uh from from this period um if you've seen a a, a backyard like shot on video <coughs> genre movie from the early 2000s you know exactly what i'm talking about um so this movie is uh, like 90% in front of a green screen um because uh, like all the scenes they're at sea in the Arctic, all that's on a green screen, um, but similar to Yeti, this one is about an abominable snowman um, that is giant, and uh, they it's it's found in the the Arctic, and you have one guy um, who uh, you have a uh, uh, this. This guy, I, I'm looking at the character names. Jimmy, you got this guy, Jimmy, who's an older guy. He's going there to study it. And then you have his daughter, um, Allie, who is, uh, you know, telling him, you know, oh, I I, I don't want to go, uh, blah, blah, blah. For whatever reason, she decides that it's worth her time. I don't remember if it's like she loses her job what happens? Does anyone remember what makes Ali decide so she's, to
2: be? she gets like she blame. Well, go, go ahead, Kev.
1: Yeah, she's she's part of like a, a Greenpeace type of movement where uh, she's like going around rescuing uh, animals that are being experimented on. Uh, that uh, that our our villain was a uh, in the process of capturing, uh, and uh, I guess what happened is uh, she. Breaks into some lab and they they burn up all of the test chimps uh, before the authorities get there. So then charges are getting pressed against her, uh, apparently, uh, <laughs> for, uh, for, for, for for you know trespassing. They, and you know this is one of those things where like the police say, "Yeah, we're gonna press charges," and then they just leave and everyone's
2: continues about their day. Um, well, then her, then her like. Uh her the people that were helping her then like also turn on her, and they basically make an agreement with this company conducting the animal experimentation basically they force her to take the blame for everything, mm-hmm. and then she just kind of like agrees with it <laughs> and moves on with her day so so yeah, so
0: meanwhile uh you got uh man and this is not the last time we're gonna talk about our friend here. Uh, you have uh, our villain Jacko, who is a, a poacher, and so you know he wants uh, you know to to track the the, the well. Uh, Ali nicknames the creature Snowy, so getting ahead of myself a little bit, but I, I just figured when I when I refer to the monster as Snowy, I figured I should explain that so people don't think I'm, like, having an episode or something. Um, <laughs> so our Yeti, Snowy, you know, uh, he wants to find it and kill it and, you know, stuff it and sell it to a museum for a, a ton of money, whatever. Um, and uh, so Jacko and his guys kind of... Uh, unknowingly jimmy agrees to let them in on the on their on on on, you know going to find him and then he kills jimmy and then Allie is basically you know she's pretty much forced to go along for the ride at that point right (laughs) um so they go to the arctic they find uh the monster and uh you get, you know, your typical, um, I guess at this point in a post-Kong 76 world, you get your typical, you know, the, the, the girl and the, the, the big, uh, ape form a bond, and that's when she names him Snowy. Um, and, uh, And then the story is, you know, that takes the trajectory of any of these movies where he's brought back to civilization, where he's in uh, San Francisco this time, and he uh, runs amok and um, eventually uh, is killed. Um, uh, so anyway, how how does Snowy? What do? How do they kill Snowy? I don't. Even, he falls off the Golden Gate Bridge,
1: but I like, think he just swims back to Alaska from there. Yeah. Does he? Does he survive? The yeah, I don't, don't, I don't think he actually clearly. dies.
0: <laughs> um, hold on. Well, I I, 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 we'll, I, we'll keep I, talking. I'm going to get to the bottom <laughs> of this, though. While, <laughs> well, this is what happens when you watch these fairly unremarkable movies and then have to remember them like two weeks later because certain delays, certain whatever's occur. Um, but anyway. Uh, he's brought back to san francisco and we get like uh we we get a lot of scenes of ally being like i i I don't remember the last time i saw a movie with a protagonist that seemed like for whatever reason like she's legitimately stupid like like there's there's (laughs) moments where jacko like okay well we got to get into jacko real quick here uh, because this this character played by a guy a guy named Nick Orifice, <laughs> 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 um, uh, this character Jacko is amazing. I don't know what this actor is doing. I don't know if he was instructed to perform the way that he's performing, but this performance is like it's it's like it's a it's something. it's a treasure. Jacko is the best, like i would watch i would watch anything with Jacko in it,
2: yeah, I was gonna say like they could do a whole series of movies just around him and i would I would watch them
0: <laughs> no Jacko is the best, and i like it, it, no the the performance isn't good, but whatever he's doing, he's committed to it, and he owns it <laughs> like this guy like i i don't like if this movie was like more widely seen i feel like this guy should be in like this is a guy that like the asylum should be hiring to play every villain in every movie like this yeah, guy he's, is. he's got the he's he just has that like scenery chewing <laughs> like b-movie villain all over him
1: Think about, like, Dwight Fry uh, the Universal Dracula and Frankenstein. Like, that level of just kind of, like, going in 300%.
0: Yeah, even in scenes where there's absolutely no reason for him to be doing that. (laughs) But, yeah, there's parts where, like, he... Like, there's nothing about this guy that is trustworthy. And I feel like all he has to do is tell the Ellie, our protagonist like all he has to do is be like no like i'm not lying and she'll be like oh okay and like, <laughs>
2: after she after they've like killed her, grandfather. her yeah they
0: kill her dad <laughs> yeah. she knows that that she knows that they killed her dad and like for whatever reason she's just really easy to convince like oh yeah like i'm not gonna St- stab you in the back i'm not like i'm i'm legit and she's just like oh okay well since you said that i guess i guess
1: that must be true <laughs> like she's there are there are <laughs> there's scenes that it, it's it's framing it as though they're gonna have like a romance it's they're like making eyes at each other like what what is going on here and it never goes there but you you wonder
0: yeah and and, and well, that-, that that like it makes no sense like there's a part where like he like he brings her soup and like they talk and like it's obvious that he's telling like he's he's always either lying to her or like he's just being a creep and she's like, Oh haha, like yeah And it's like what are you doing, lady? Like what <laughs> Well
2: at one point they like put her in a tent, but they like they start treating her nice very suddenly. They put her in a tent and she doesn't realize it, but she's the bait to bring Ice Kong to them, and they have like a trap set up under the tent. And then, like, she's fine with it later on. It, it's a bizarre. <laughs> I also feel like she's making eyes at everybody on um, like every villainous character, and also sometimes Ice Kong. Possibly. <clears throat> there's also, there's like the one,
0: there's this one guy that's like, uh, like on one of Jacko's guys that like thinks that because he's being really nice to her, like that she's gonna like sleep with him. <laughs> and she has to tell him like no i have a boyfriend kind of uh, which oh yeah the the boyfriend character in this who, who luckily he's only in like the beginning and the end but like that guy hated that guy that guy too because like he's he's really bad at like like he's got no game like he's just like he just tells <laughs> her like you know oh, well i'm trying to get with you and she's it's like why are you talking like like nobody talks to people this way <laughs> like that's that's a good way to sum up the the character interactions in this is like nobody like they, they people talk in ways that no like nobody talks and everyone just reacts to it normally
1: um, yeah and then on top of that there's there's so many scenes that should have been 80 yard and you just like your yeah. wind blowing <laughs> in the background
0: <laughs> yeah no the sound design in this is like we'll and we'll we'll see this with another movie we're going to talk about. Um but yeah, if you've seen like I mean, I I've seen like the bottom of the barrel like trash. Like uh, like I I've I've seen like movies that would come on like 100 movie packs that are literally like zero budget like stuff that people literally make in their backyards. And yeah, the, none of them have like real sound design and and this is another one where it's like one scene will sound fine, and uh, it, or one shot will sound fine, and then it'll, like, cut to someone, who, whoever the person is talking to, and, like, they'll re- say their whatever line there is to react to, and, like, it'll be under all this, like, static <laughs> or something, or, like, you know, uh, like, traffic in the background, and, like, you can barely hear them. So, yeah, there's, like, no sound... I, I I don't know if they have a sound guy. I I, I don't. It, I you would not surprise me if if you just told me it was all sound that was picked up off the camera and like none of the dialogue was you know like pushed forward in the mix even. Uh, yeah. No. The sound design is is terrible. Um. Uh. So I I'm seeing. I have the f fi- I have I have it I have it playing on my little screen here. I see Jacko shoots uh Snowy with a bazooka. Um and then he falls off the bridge and the the and Allie's like panicking looking for him and she doesn't see him. And then I don't see him swimming away or anything. I think he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and the then we get some stock rewrite, footage to like watch the climax. Yeah, and then we and then we get some stock footage to like people randomly like pointing to things on a boat, which I I think is like the movie's way of saying, "Hey, people are finding her." And then and then yeah, and then for for no real reason, she like kisses the idiot guy that has been annoying <laughs> the whole time, and then it ends. Um, oh, and Jacko like his he like melts what happens to him
1: yeah uh there is a there's a poison that they're gonna use on snowy and i i guess uh he he misfires it or something and it, it winds up falling back on him and it for and for whatever reason it like melts his face yeah. which it's
0: actually kind of awesome <laughs> it is awesome it is awesome but I don't understand why it happens. It is awesome though. I would not have it any other way. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we we do get some scenes that like, you know, we're kinda we've kind of seen, you know, we see Allie kinda patch up Snowy after he's been shot and she's like, Oh, you know and you know, they hang out in a cave and she's like, You're hurt and all this Uh, By the way, Snowy is, like, if you go to, like, a costume shop and find, like, a white gorilla suit, um, you're probably not far off from Snowy. I don't know if they actually... I guarantee you they didn't make this suit. If they did, I apologize in advance, but, you know, I, I... You know, hopefully nobody could fault me for thinking that this was just store-bought um <laughs> it, but yeah it, it though, doesn't
1: <laughs> quite look like a gorilla though that's the thing it's yeah like, it's like the true. mouth is something else like
0: and yeah and like his fur pattern like there's parts where there's parts of him that like don't have fur like on his elbows and like around his knees where it's like gray skin so i don't i don't know what that's all about the most baffling dis- decision for snowy bringing <laughs> bringing the marvel of snowy to life for the screen the the weirdest decision is that they've like they've superimposed like cartoon feature like like photoshop almost like these eyes like onto onto his face do you guys know what i'm talking about it's really weird yeah yeah And, And and it comes and goes throughout the movie which is weird and since it's not part of like you know the even if this were made today the same way i doubt they'd have the money to do, like do like a proper motion capture thing <laughs> for his face but but since it's like basically just digitally like glued onto him like it's like his eyes float <laughs> like whenever he moves it's really <laughs> weird it's very bizarre um uh but yeah this movie um is something so kevin I, I we need to back like I said the only this movie's only been released in Japan on DVD I need to, I want to know A how you found out this movie existed and B how you got well, how you got the d- DVD
1: Uh so uh how I found out it existed was it was when I did that retrospective of, of various King Kong stuff I think I was just searching Left, right, and center, um, and you know, just kind of uh, cruising the world wide web. Sometimes, sometimes stuff comes up. Uh, uh, Googling for one thing and you find another. Uh, that's that's a shocking amount of the content I've, I've found <laughs> over the years. Uh, but uh, yeah, in terms of how I I found it, it was actually relatively cheap uh, to get a get a used copy um, on a on a I either got it through amazon japan or or yahoo auctions or something uh it was it was handy because amanda was living in japan at the time so i just had it shipped right to her and um but uh yeah i think it was it was pennies so uh, <laughs> you can probably find a find a copy for uh not too expensive if you just search for you know the ice kong and katakana and
0: all right. Well, you heard it here, people. It, it, despite its obscurity, it's cheap. So you know, let's 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 get the, the, the do your part, people. Get this cheap ass Japanese DVD and get get the word out. You know, upload it to YouTube. Nobody is gonna take it down. Nobody cares about this. <laughs> let's get Ice Kong to the people. <laughs> Uh, oh, I guess the uh, the the girl, Allie, um, and her, like, her annoying sort of boyfriend guy, I guess in real life they're a married couple. Um,
1: that makes a lot of sense in terms yeah. of why they would play <laughs> one in, in the movie, because he is not compelling in any way otherwise. Yeah, and
0: it, and it looks like he, um, he's a director uh, of, well, I got, he's only made a, like, I guess he's got four movies credited, but he he he's a director of like low budget horror stuff. Um, and it looks like she uh, <clears throat> it looks like she like helps him produce some of that and like even write some of that stuff. So, um, anyway, uh, no, this this movie is crazy. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong because I I don't know if I'm going crazy, but. So, this movie, and movies like it, you know, they, when they need, you know, sh- shots of scenery, establishing shots of, you know, cities, things like that, they, they do a lot of stock footage. And so, I hope some one of you guys knows what I'm talking about. I swear to God, in, in one of the shots of San Francisco, it's New York, that the, you see the World Trade Center.
2: Uh, yeah, I I, I vaguely remember a, that. I do okay. That's I insane. I feel like it switched cities a couple different times, actually. <laughs> during, during that last, like, the third act.
0: Um. Okay, yeah. No, that's insane, by the way. Like, I mean, it, San Francisco is... A, like, it, it shouldn't be that hard to find shots of San Francisco. But it does imply that in the movie universe of Ice Kong that not only did 9-11 not happen, but the World Trade Center is in San Francisco and not New York.
1: Well well that's why it didn't happen.
0: Well there you go. So uh so yeah no this is the the, the world of Ice Kong is is similar to our own, but also different. Um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> the the number of times that they used the same images and it was just like, oh we're just gonna see the Golden Gate Bridge from the same angle because I guess that's the only stock photo they have for the green screen. It was (laughs) really uh, frustrating.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and and he's put over... They put Snowy over, like... Not even, like, moving scenery. It's, like, photos. Static, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, if I have to say... Like, it's not impressive. (laughs) But I guess the best... uh, that they do with like effect stuff is probably you know the stuff with snowy climbing the building Mm -hmm. um it's like i said it's it's not super impressive but considering how like shitty everything else in the movie looks it's a step up um and you know it's a it's a kind of a fake out like you know you think he's gonna get shot off the building and then no, ha <laughs> ha! Trick a fool, out. we fooled you. There's actually twenty more minutes movie of the movie left. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, man, that's Ice Kong. I, I, you would never, you'll never hear me try to say this is a good movie. And in fact, like a lot of the other movies we've talked about, it's middle stretch, is a little boring. But luckily, that middle stretch has a like. Luckily, Jacko is almost he's in almost every scene, and yeah. Even so, whenever the movie gets, whenever you're like really, whenever you start to feel like, oh wow, this middle act is dragging or whatever, like he'll pop in to a a scene that is like should be normal and he'll start being crazy, and you're like, oh yeah, this guy's awesome. So uh, no, Jacko, this movie he is worth an entire star. Like Jacko is, he's he is something to be treasured. And he is worth a whole star just by himself.
1: Yeah, we we should let people know that uh, it takes as long for them to get to the monkey as it does in K- Peter Jackson's King Kong. <laughs>
2: uh, did, yeah, yeah, that's what uh,
1: I forgot. Except this is a ninety-minute movie, so. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Luckily,
0: ja- Jacko, he is he. When you watch this movie, he is he is there. He is assisting you uh you know he's he's giving you spoonfuls of sugar to make the whole thing go down and you know just god bless him <laughs> this he 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 makes he makes this movie he he turns what sh- would be a zero budget piece of crap into something that like is is unique and and just you know i, I we uh, this i we have to i dedicate this whole episode to Nick orifice and his his powerhouse performance is Jacko because he is just he is he's intense he is he's amazing
1: I think it's something we we would all aspire to be as actors
0: oh dude if if i if i could act like this if i could be an actor and act like this in movies and like get cast and stuff on a you know enough to get like you know to make a living i would oh, i would totally i would it, that is the dream.
2: We need to uh, invite Nick Orphus on our podcast.
0: I, I would that totally. Awesome. I would. I would totally <laughs> interview <laughs> Nick <Orfus. laughs> it, it It's weird. Like he has some stunt credits, and then like he's in like real stuff, but usually is like like bodyguard number one or like like cop. Like like he's in the Island, the Michael Bay movie, but he's like like just some walk-on <laughs> extra or something, you know. So, I, someone get get this get this guy in the MCU. People, <laughs> we need we need this man. Um, you know. Okay, so so yeah, how I guess I guess we can say how many uh, uh, how many how many. San Francisco World Trade Centers, do you give this <laughs> <laughs> out of five?
2: Um, I'm going two, with one and uh, three, four star going entirely to Mr. Orifice, which, in hindsight, I shouldn't say it that way, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Like
0: the, I, I, I give this a, f- a two, but it's a favorable two like if if you like like if if you like getting your friends together to watch some like shitty movies and you know just enjoy them like on an ironic level like this is a really solid viewing you know if if you're the person that enjoys B movies in that way um and yeah so much of it is because of Jacko and you know Snowy is like I said, the 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 googly eyes and every it is just truly baffling. Uh, the 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 screenplay itself feels like it was written by aliens trying to fit in. Um, uh, it's 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 a terrible movie, but uh, you know, so reconciling its awfulness with its B movie enjoy enjoyability, like with a group of friends, I come in at a two. If I was grading just on like oh. How do you like this shitty movie on like an ironic level? I would probably lean more into a three, but like as a movie, reconciling the entertainment value of just watching a good old shitty movie with a bunch a group of friends and it being what it is, I I come in at a two. Like I said, a whole star is for that is is, is for Jacko. What do you say, Kev?
1: Yeah, I uh, I'm you know because it's just so technically poor and I don't uh i i don't look for that specifically for for my jollies um i i'll go half a star lower you know i'll go you know one one and a half uh burnt up science experiments uh <laughs> but uh I, I will you know give it credit uh, as we said jacko is is captivating to watch uh even if nothing in going on around him makes any damn sense uh and you know i actually i like the I like the monster suit. It's not phenomenal, but it's it's memorable. Uh, and it's it would be very easy for them to just go with standard snowbot store bought uh, gorilla costume. And they, they didn't appear to do that. Maybe they <laughs> did, but it doesn't look like they did.
0: If, so. Yeah, if they did, I wonder if they like actually made like some changes to it or, or something like that. Okay. All right. Here, uh, (laughs) we're probably getting into the, I guess, the weirdly divisive (laughs) movie of the night, which is 2012's Bigfoot. It's so weird, like, the last, like, three of the movies that we're talking about aren't even, like, big gorillas or big apes. They're, like, yetis, abominable snowmen, Bigfoot. Like, why why are people making these... Like cryptozoology creatures that aren't usually giant into like the size of a building. Why does that keep happening? Like I can't that is kinda weird, right? Nobody thinks of Bigfoot as being a giant. No one thinks of like when when you hear people talk about Yetis, I don't think people think of them as like being as tall as
1: like a skyscraper. Like Well, what? you can't have a gorilla show up in Alaska. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that is that, that, that
0: is true. Well, yeah, but usually, like, when they find, uh, like, uh, you know what? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, let's 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 get to, uh, 2012's Bigfoot. Uh, released in some territories as King Kong Three, for reasons that I don't quite understand. Since. <laughs> if there was going to be something that could be could trick someone into thinking would be King Kong three, it would probably be something made after King Kong lives, but this is way after King Kong lives. And it's even way after the Peter Jackson movie, which didn't have a King Kong two. So I don't understand. I don't understand who makes these
1: decisions or why. Was there Um, some mockbuster that was called King Kong two in those same territories or?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. It's very bizarre. Um so the, we are a little bit further into the asylum this is a, another asylum movie that we're we're a little bit further into the asylum finding their not gimmick but I guess their 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 style I guess um this is more along the lines of what you would expect from an asylum movie than king of the lost world um I guess I guess I would say they've kind of figured out their formula so here you know, we have uh Danny Bonaducci and Barry Williams, um uh who in I think two thousand seven boxed each other. So Danny Bonaducci, famous for the Partridge uh family and Barry Williams, famous for the Brady Bunch, um, and went on to just be in any of those like, you know, celebrity reality shows and things boxing matches and stuff like that um we have Sherilyn Finn uh from uh I guess most people would know as Audrey from Twin Peaks um you have Bruce Davison um who uh I mean that guy I feel like Bruce Davison's in everything um but uh he uh not oscar nominated actor bruce davison i guess probably for younger people known as senator kelly in the x-men movies but um i mean he's been he's been around forever um and uh he also directed this movie uh for some reason <laughs> <laughs> you know, he,
1: he directed a bunch of harry and the hendersons right so yeah and
0: he was the uh for the tv series harry and the hendersons he played the john lithgow character um which is another thing that people more along like my age would remember him for which weirdly like harry and the hendersons the movie still like pops up as like a you know a nostalgic favorite but it's weird that the tv series like seems to have just, like, faded away while, like, you know, I remember watching that show all the time as a kid. I don't know, maybe there's a rights thing that's preventing it from being, like, streaming or whatever, but, um, yeah, I remember the Harry and the Hendersons uh, series very well, Um, so for me personally, that's kind of, like, where I always kind of trace him back to but yeah for some reason he directed this which is is strange because aside from some harry and the henderson's episodes um and like he only has one other movie uh under his belt which was like a christmas tv movie from 2001 so how how bruce davison who's a very busy actor like he shows up everywhere um how he why he directed a Christmas movie and a giant Bigfoot Asylum movie, I don't... Under, I, I Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I feel like he should be busier than that. But um, anyway, uh, <clears throat> um, so we have uh, Danny Bonaducci and Barry Williams, our former best friends who had a band that they played in together... Um, and, uh, uh, Danny Bonaducci is now a, uh, a radio DJ, and he's also trying to plan this local music festival that would bring back all these nostalgic favorites. Um, uh, uh, and Barry Williams is now an environmentalist, and he's looking at this, you know, this woodland area that, uh, that they're trying to, I guess, you know, repurpose for this music festival, which, does that happen? I feel like music festivals already, like, they book places that exist already. Like, no one's like, oh, like, where should, like, Ozfest be this year? Oh, it's gonna be in the middle of this forest, so let's cut down a bunch of trees. Like, that doesn't happen, <laughs> does it? <laughs>
1: I mean, it didn't happen yep. in this movie, either. So. <laughs> yeah. That's
2: fair. Well, yeah, not for, like, 25 people to show up, certainly.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. And then you have the movie's big cameo, which is Alice Cooper, which I will get into that whole scene, because that's something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And so uh I guess because we're in incro- uh, like we're 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 meddling in in the Bigfoot's territory, I guess I guess I guess that just pisses him off and he starts like he just starts running around the town and like biting people in half and kicking them across <laughs> and, like punting them like like 80 feet <laughs> i guess what would you say that he yeets people is that is that is my is that right is am i using that term right That's Close um, enough. <laughs> oh we also have howard hessman uh from wkrp in cincinnati uh he's he's like another one of the local uh oh he's the, he's like the mayor like who's like kind of crooked um uh, anyway, so, yeah, the, the, then the, the, so once, once the Bigfoot gets pissed off, he, he just kind of, like, walks around and, like, is an asshole to everybody, and, you know, you have, um, Danny Bonaducci, he teams up with, like, the hunters that are trying to take him out because he's, you know, rampaging, and then Barry Williams, him and his environmentalist guys are like, you know, oh, like, let's not hurt him, and that's, that's our conflict, uh, uh, I guess our main, uh, conflict here, story-wise. Um, as Kevin alluded to earlier, um, they do recycle a lot of the CG animation (laughs) for the Bigfoot. Um, Kevin, what, how many, how many actions, uh, were you able to count Bigfoot doing that you saw multiple times?
1: At least four. It was. <laughs> it was really. If I if I felt invested, I would uh, you know have have started to tally. But there's there's a point at which I just kind of like throw up my hands and like <laughs> get on my phone.
0: So. Yeah, I know that. I know that. I know that. Um, it seemed like the one that irritated you the most was like this animation of him running. That like every time he's running after something. It's the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I, I bet you, I bet in your head right now, you're playing that movement on a loop. You both are, I bet.
1: <laughs> well, right now, now uh, I'm, I'm at the, uh, the, uh, shot from the ground where he's roaring or, 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 is, uh, getting angry or something because that, that repeats. Several yeah. Times I know. I know that
0: one. I can, I, 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 that one I, I can recall as well. Um,
2: Anytime he bites somebody in half, it's the same. Which <laughs> yeah. Is, which is a lot of people.
0: They <laughs> do have the decency to to switch up the character model later because he gets like he gets like half of him like burnt, so like he has like all this like hair singed off and stuff for like like I guess the last third of the movie or whatever. Um <laughs> But I, I guess, I guess I'll, I'll go to Kevin, because weirdly enough, he, 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 he seemed like he had some, some things he wanted to unpack here when we last talked about the asylum. So, so Kevin, I'm giving you your, your, your moment under the spotlight to, to talk about uh, <laughs> the things that, I guess, bothered you about Bigfoot.
2: Kevin, is is it because you're, like, such a big Alice Cooper fan and this was, like, a tarnish on his legacy that he both appeared in and was killed by the Bigfoot? That I mean,
1: I, I do like Alice Cooper. I wish he spent more time getting killed by Bigfoot in this movie.
0: Uh, <laughs> that would be great if he just, like, every ten minutes just, like, Alice just, Cooper like, gets killed. His by. death
2: scene is, like, a different character every, <laughs> every one of those. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Kev.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's just... The, you have you have sort of your your spectrum of, of bad movies. You have the bad movies where there's an ambition that can't be realized due to lack of resources. There's the bad movies where somebody has just a completely out there idea that doesn't resonate with the intended audience. And then you have the bad movies where they're just kind of lazy. And this definitely falls into that latter camp. And I feel like watching this, like the production values are technically higher than in the abominable or conga tnt uh but that makes me cut it less slack because i know that they had some budget to work with and they chose to make something that was this dull (laughs) and that i i have a harder time for for forgiving uh and there's so many so many things that are would be very trivial to to work around you know the the whole the whole plot is around oh we've gotta we've gotta save this forest i've seen no evidence that anyone working on this movie has been to a forest before and (laughs) knows what it's supposed to look like because the forest is like the suburbs you can see people's houses in the background there's cars driving by and there you know there's people out protesting like you can't tear down this forest of like this is an empty field there's there's nothing to tear down and it's it's for this for this music festival where they you know managed to wrangle together 25 extras as you mentioned and I don't understand how you have you can't muster more people to come out for <laughs> something like that when you have Actors that have been in things that you've heard of, you know. So uh, that's that's all you know. Compounding frustration on top of the the same old, same old, same old. Just recycling the 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 monster animation over and over. There's no sense of like what's going on in terms of anything going on with the monster aside from it's it's a rage thing that comes out and, and smashes things indiscriminately with the same ferocity in every. <laughs> in- Encounter, because uh, you you know we're supposed to be led to like, oh, it's upset about the destruction of its environment, which again is an empty field in the suburbs. So all of that just makes this a really painful movie to watch.
2: Kevin is technically correct. Um, (laughs) I don't don't have. I don't. I mean, oh, I, I I agree with everything you just said i think watching this movie i don't know i i couldn't i couldn't stop laughing at how stupid it was which is i think for me the biggest reason to watch an asylum movie and it seems like genuinely people were having fun making it for the most part um and they really lean into like just everything is stupid absurd you get Alice Cooper making a reference, like, th- this is all the amount of people that show up to this thing, which I'm sure plays into the like, kind of laziness factor for the extras. But, like, they're basically like, hey, we're not trying, but we're going to make fun of ourselves for also not trying. And it's like, yeah, okay. And then, Bird, we, we haven't talked about the the plot at the end, but, like, the ending with, with both Malamut Rushmore and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like no. The... The...
0: Go ahead yeah, and talk and... about that for a sec. <laughs> it ends with with the two guys yeah fighting <laughs> at, at mount rushmore and then and then they both die right and then yeah, yeah. and then like the the town unveils this like ridiculous statue of barry williams and danny <laughs> Bonaducci. it's like this gold statue uh and that is just uh that is just delightful and <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like I mean, I, I I'm I'm on Matt's side here. Like, nothing Kevin is saying is invalid, but it's like my my perspective on it is that a lot of it is what kind of makes it more fun. And and you know, everyone's mileage different differs when it comes to B movies. Like, I'm the kind of person where a certain kind of B movie I will just roll with and have a a good time with it on an ironic level and just kind of. Kind of you know, just be amused by it, and uh, and I, I don't say that with any kind of like toxic, you know I'm not I, place of of you know I guess vi- viciousness towards them. I, I, I say that as like hey like if I could make movies like this I totally would like I I say I, I it's all from a place of love for me you know so uh like I I just I just find it entertaining to go on that on that ride and uh and yeah this is one that like to kevin's you know again to his credit you know yes the animated bigfoot uh, stuff is constantly reused it's it's not re it's not used creatively even really um but you know having it's like but then like matt said it's like every time it happens like i like it like i laugh i think it's funny i think it's f- it's fun it's fun to watch again this is we're you know now we're getting into like just a matter of taste because like nothing kevin said is inaccurate like whatsoever like i can't disagree with them at all it's just like we have different perspectives on it like our mi- our mileage varies on you know what we enjoy or not about about it um and there, there, there's probably a bigger conversation just about the nature of B movies and with the people that like them and for what reasons. But you know, that that's you know getting into a whole other other can of worms. Um,
1: well, we'd be here. Well,
0: I- yeah no kidding yeah no i mean that is or that would be a really great topic for a podcast but you know for a kaiju movie review podcast i don't know but no i i mean and and it's one of those things where like there's no in my like i don't think there's any wrong way to watch a movie like this you know um but but yeah no i and and okay so yeah the alice cooper cameo is probably the thing that if if you are like weird enough to know this movie before listening to us talk about it if you are crazy enough to have seen it before um that's probably like the thing you're gonna remember right and it, it, it's it's crazy because like a i mean i love alice cooper too i mean i i feel like any anyone with a, an appreciation for classic rock or heavy metal likes alice cooper um but yeah it, it's evident that they <laughs> they couldn't pay the they couldn't pay for the the rights to use a real Alice cooper song. um <laughs> nobody nobody in Alice Cooper's real band shows up in the movie with him. Like it's all just random people that look like twenty years younger than him, like playing instruments in the background. And so, like they just sl- like laid this really generic, rock riff that just repeats over and over and over and over and over, um, instead of using a real Alice Cooper song, and it's, like, the most, like, generic, like, stock (laughs) rock music. I I don't even know if anyone, I would be surprised if it was even an original music track made for this movie, but uh and and it just goes and goes and goes. Uh and of course Alice Cooper doesn't sing to any of it because it's none of it's a real Alice Cooper song. And then yeah, the Yeti shows up and the Bigfoot whatever the goddamn hell this thing is <laughs> the <laughs> Bigfoot shows up and like he comes from like behind the stage and Al- everyone runs away and Alice Cooper's like, Oh, you guys really got me as if like a crowd of people would just suddenly prank him into thinking there's a bigfoot that's baffling and then the bigfoot yeah and then the bigfoot like punts him like into the sun basically like yeah i like he he goes at least the length of a football field and that's that's how alice cooper dies in in bigfoot which like hopefully the real alice cooper can go out on a, a note as insane as that, I don't know what that is in real world terms. I don't know, like getting eaten by wolves, or or maybe there is a giant Bigfoot somewhere that will kick him into the into the <laughs> into space at some point. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that that's like the key moment from from Bigfoot. But uh, yeah, there's there's all kinds of like like we the Mount Rushmore thing, like. Uh, if you are idiots like me and Matt and are amused by recurring bad Bigfoot animations. <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah,
1: what, what they do uh, mix up is, uh, you know, sometimes Bigfoot's like 10 feet tall. Sometimes he's like 70 feet tall. Oh, yeah, there, so... there
2: is, there's no sense of scale. That's...
1: Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you if, know,
0: if you're one of those guys that watches, like, you know, Skull Island or something, and you notice that, like, from scene to scene, Kong's size might be changing, depending on what's going on, like, this movie would give you an aneurysm.
2: <laughs> I do think one of the, the strengths of this movie, though, is compared to the other stuff we talked about tonight, is, like, it doesn't... It always brings... Bigfoot is in the movie a ton, and they like they put him in the film every, you know, 10 minutes like you, you feel the presence of the monster pretty constantly. Whereas in the other films, there are like lengths of time where you're focused on these very mundane, boring characters. And I really think that actually helps this film quite a bit, because not only do they bring the monster back, but he's all the time killing people. And I don't care if it is the same animation. I freaking loved it. Like it is. <laughs> I was laughing hysterically every single time. I don't know. That probably says more about me and Bird than it does Kevin and how dumb we are. But.
0: No, I I think that's accurate. Kevin's like a normal per. Like I've been watching like the worst movies ever since childhood, and I it's probably like scrambled my brains somehow. <laughs> um, but that's Bigfoot. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I always I just felt like there was constantly something crazy, or funny, or entertaining going on, so, you know, but I also, but again, like, nothing Kevin's saying is wrong, like, by any means. (laughs) So, um, how many, uh, punted Alice Coopers do we want to give Bigfoot?
1: Uh, I'll I'll give the movie, uh, one, uh, old man bar fight.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we didn't even mention the bar fight where, like, they get in a fight about uh, yeah, B- Bonaduce. They're like, banned, s- right? Well, yeah, he's yeah. They're banned, and then he talks about like how like uh he had sex with Barry Williams' mom when she was like depressed or something once, and it it that just gets that's a whole other wild. thing See, this movie's wild. So <laughs> so I'll go next, and I'll give I'll say this is like for me, this is like peak aside, not peak. But it's in the upper echelon of asylum movies for me. There's no topping the absolute madness of air. Co- something like Air Collision. This is so I, I would give this a three. Um, Matt, where are you on on where, what do you give King Kong three <laughs> out of five?
2: <clears throat> so of of the asylum movies I've seen, this is actually my favorite, and so I'm going to give this uh, a three and a half. I, I highly recommend it if you're in for if you. If you know what you're getting into going in, I think this and you and you like asylum movies. This is my current favorite. Now I haven't seen Air Collision Bird and like Trev and I like, probably Tom have all raved about that movie. It's I amazing to watch it, but like, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what? For for the asylum, like King Kong Three, aka Bigfoot, is not a movie but a film. So <laughs> there that's why. <you> <laughs>
0: And, you know, as long as the Asylum exists, they're going to be doing giant monster movies here and there. So, I mean. Make I'll another
1: Mega Shark.
0: And, isn't it sad that they didn't do Mega Shark versus Moby Dick?
1: I mean, especially when the Meg came out. Like, why. Yeah. Why the, the, not? And
0: I actually watched the Megalodon movie they did give us with Michael Madsen, and it's just so. Lame and uh, like it's, it's as far as asylum movies go, it's like it, near the bottom for me. You know what I haven't seen though is they did a Cloverfield knockoff called Monster, and like even among people I know that love the asylum, they're like, this is unwatchable. So you know what that means, man. <laughs> you know worry, what that means. Yeah, <laughs> <watch> it, <laughs> we, we <laughs> will be getting there at some point. Um, uh, okay, so now we're gonna move on to the newest movie uh on our list and the last for the night which is 2020's conga tnt um and this is i would not be surprised to learn if this was the lowest budget movie that we have uh uh watched uh for this podcast at all um so this is directed by brett kelly who is actually among like Z budget B movie guys, like he's been around for a while. Um, if you're dumb like me, some of the things that you might have heard of that he's done are like Jurassic Shark, Raiders of the Lost Shark, um, and he, uh, the 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 I I actually, despite my love of shitty shark movies, I haven't seen those. I would watch them. I just you know, there's so many shark movies. I have not gotten around to any of Mr. Brett Kelly's shark movies. Um, anyway, so this movie actually was made during the initial stages of the COVID lockdown here in the United States. Um, which it's we- like I feel like COVID mo- movies that is going to be like its own subgenre in twenty years. Like some crazy person will write a book about movies made during lockdown. Um, and uh so you might be saying, Conga? I know Conga. How did they what? So this gets us into all the this gets us into all kinds of crazy legal Stuff that you've heard us talk about in regards to King Kong. Um, you know, I, I, if you've listened to our last episode about how those animated knockoffs were legal, um, I it sounds like this is a similar case where Konga, the '60s film, is owned by I believe MGM owns it, but I don't want anyone yeah. to quote me on that. Just okay, yeah. Is it? I think it's MGM. Yeah, it came
1: out as part of that Midnight Movies. Uh, right, DVD right, movie. right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the first DVD was with Yongari, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um So so that movie and that movie is still protected. I mean, MGM still licenses it. There's you know, it just got a Blu-ray release last year, maybe the year before from Kino Lorber. Um so, you know, Konga is is still a movie It's still protected. Um however, um in the 60s, Charlton Comics um, did a run of Konga comic books, which were crazy. They would have Konga fighting, like, uh, aliens and all kinds of stuff. Um, Charlton Comics, they also did a Gorgo run um, and a very or brief... Yeah, of the And Konga and, and Gorgo, they had, you know, I think, not long runs, but they were able to, you know continue you know with reptilicus they did a few issues of reptilicus and then their rights to reptilicus expired or there was some kind of issue there so reptilicus ended and then they started a new title called reptosaurus which was clearly just okay we're gonna make some design changes to reptilicus and do the same kinds of crazy stories um so those are like the three charlton comics monsters who uh um, they also had novelizations coming out from the same people at the same time so those three monsters kind of get lumped in as like a, a little mini not an actual universe but a little mini thing um now the thing about charlton comics is their catalog uh is mostly if not all falling into the public domain so, um, Brett Kelly, I suppose, was like, I want to make a big gorilla movie, but I'm also, like, uh, trying to make a sort of kong <laughs> exploitation thing where I can kind of, like, grab people's attention, so he uses the public domain status of the Conga comics to slap the credit over this to say, inspired by the public domain co- comic book Conga by Charlton Comics, and I, I, it, I mean, I'm assuming that's kind of the little loophole around he got into making a conga movie, uh, which does sort of follow the origin of the monster in that the original conga was a chimp that was given a growth serum by Michael Goff and turned giant. This one is is uh, like, for whatever reason, there's a alien. A, a formula from a, like a crashed alien ship, and <laughs> that is that a, the alien formula is injected into the chimp, which turns into the giant conga.
1: Um, I so wonder I, if they talked to a lawyer about the uh, the the status of the, the the Charlton Comics, or if they actually like looked into uh, the yeah, legalities because. Uh, conga was already complicated because you know when it was produced they got a license to the king kong character in order to make it right because they
0: they they, yeah because they were they didn't want rko to come after them for plagiarism and so they were like here just just we'll 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 pay you a, a, a fee so we can use so we can basically escape that so yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they talked to anybody or if they just like googled, <laughs> googled it or what. <laughs> but it is one of those things where like, it, 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 is Konga like? Is that a fight that anyone is, is that MGM is going to be worth fighting? Yeah, you, you know. I I don't know. <laughs> so yes, there are various questions to that. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely seems like they're trying to you know work into a similar loophole as is, is the the people that made all that kong stuff um and so uh so i yeah i remember when the the trailer for this dropped we all watched it and we were like what what the hell um but yeah the the actual background of this movie being made was that it's pretty much brett kelly basically being bored in the middle of a quarantine and being like i want to do something and like you know what can I do with my kids that'll be like, how can we hit, like have fun? How can we pass time? Um, I actually have a quote from him. This is a, a, a post that he made on the um, classic horror film uh, message board, um, the Monster Kids Classic Forum. Uh, he said, I made the movie as a way to pass time during the pandemic and occupy my kids, and it grew into a feature. I love giant critter movies and wanted to make one. That's it. It's a lot of fun. I hope some of you give it a try. Um, so, I mean, just knowing that, and maybe I'm skipping ahead into, like, the more review par- portion of this. This really does feel like, I mean, it's, defi- it's a backyard movie, and, like, every every definition of a backyard movie. But even as a backyard movie, it, it, it almost feels more like something that someone would make just for fun with their family and friends and like would show it to their friends. It doesn't seem like something that's made for mass consumption. Are you guys following here?
1: I feel like an intruder when I watch it.
0: Yeah, like it feels like oh, like I'm just gonna make I'm just gonna make a, a silly thing to have fun with my family, and you know, it's something we'll show to our friends, and you know, just kind of have fun with. Like, it doesn't seem like something that like a home should have uh, a Blu-ray of, or like, you know what I mean? It 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 really does feel like this was made. I made this with my f- my my family to show my friends. Kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it seems like something you, you throw on YouTube and then, you know, you you can, you know, oh, when you kids go back to school, you can sh- pull it up on the in the computer lab and they can see that, oh, this is what we did during the pandemic or something like that. Like that's that's the type of thing that this feels like. It doesn't feel like something that uh, you would charge money for uh, <laughs> commercially pressed discs,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, and I don't know because this is this is available from SRS, um, who we love, we do love uh, SRS. Uh, uh, but yeah, the, I I don't know if this met like the goal to did did this get you 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 were crazy enough to buy the Blu-ray? Is that a pressed Blu-ray? Did they meet like their goal or whatever to do that?
1: I don't think so uh but i I, i'd have to take a look at it again but
0: but i do know that it is getting a mainstream release on dvd and you know so you would be able to like when that comes out like i know walmart carries their stuff like you would be able to go into a walmart and walk out with a dvd of conga tnt which isn't that weird like that that doesn't feel like it doesn't feel right
1: (laughs) it's 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 honestly a little concerning (laughs) (laughs) um
0: so yeah, uh, so okay, so I guess I guess I'll kind of talk about what is there is of a plot. So okay, so I I, le- I, le- I mentioned the alien serum. I forget why the they're trying to. What, do we know why? Do we remember why the, the 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 they give him the the serum to begin with?
2: I don't think we see or hear about the aliens like after they're first introduced at the beginning, and the serum thing happens. I think they kind of just. forget about it okay well
0: i'll take that as a no (laughs) anyway um so so uh the baby conga escapes and it's played by uh like a, a a stuffed little chimp puppet which you can buy like on amazon and um he escapes and then he uh, is found by these two kids who are played by brett kelly's actual children like i like we said this is literally like a family home movie um and we're treated to scenes of them like playing with him and you know you get a a, a weird like uh montage set to like a, a, a there's a song that plays and, and it's like them ha- playing on like jungle gyms and stuff um, all the while we're we get footage of like these military guys. Um uh we have John Mil Milglior. I probably just butchered this guy's name, but um he's actually in a bunch of B movies I'm seeing. He he's been like extras in like some Romero movies, like he's played zombies in some Romero stuff. Um and he comes in as General Mills.
1: Yeah, get it? it- i i think that character is from other movies by the same director oh this is a universe yeah (laughs) The (laughs) the brett kelly universe um
0: so yeah and he's constantly like on the phone with military guys and they're all talking about uh you know tracking tracking down their asset and and things like that um uh this movie is also like it's definitely like it's played for laughs so like it is a a a comedy um i'm not gonna lie there is a (laughs) there is a scene with general mills that did make me laugh and that's when he's trying to eat cereal and his phone keeps ringing um i for whatever reason uh i'm an idiot so i laughed at (laughs) laughed at that (laughs) um Uh, and, and, yeah, I mean, there's really no plot other than that, like, the, uh, you know, the conga eventually grows gigantic, and kind of just, like, he kind of just walks around, and he doesn't really do much, he just kind of walks around, and he doesn't really menace people, he just kind of, like, kind of like the Yeti and Yeti, he just kind of bumbles around, um so much so that like he just like so much so that a lot of the movies runtime is just the ape like again he's not like rampaging he's just kind of like walking around this this is more like a remake of ape than conga because so much of the screen time is just the giant ape like wandering around and not really he's not really doing anything like the ape and ape doesn't he doesn't do anything he just walks around. The ape and ape is so careful that he like he literally like instead of walking through things, he like walks over them. Like that's that's kind of what Konga and this does, which is uh, which is a store bought like gorilla suit, uh, which apparently is is uh, John Miglior in the suit as well. Um, but yeah, do you guys? And uh, this this is on this is probably the least memorable of the, this batch of movies, and it's one of the first ones that I watched for this. So it's been a few weeks since I've watched it. Do you guys remember any actual Konga specific moments, rampage moments, or anything that stick out to you?
2: <clears throat> I do not. I do remember a very weird like subplot involving. I, like the the stand-in for the natives taking place in like the woods and then you never hear from them again. Yeah. And they I they think. like, yeah,
0: yeah the, the, there's an Indiana Jones type explorer that steals this amulet and it doesn't really, does it connect with Kevin? You're you, you, you bought this movie and watched it. Then you watched it again yeah. for this and then you watched it with the commentary. So as someone who's seen this movie three times, does I, I remember you saying that that comes from a completely different movie but like yes plot wise does is there any connective tissue to any of this
1: uh i think they tried to explain away something that the the alien uh growth whatever was part of the amulet but it was the the, the whole thing could have should have been excised
0: <laughs> so, so it's just uh, it's pat it's padding the runtime basically
1: yeah um, and I'm, I'm sure they, you know, they, they shot this footage, then they didn't use it, and they're like, well, we should use it in something, so, you know, yeah, let's, so, let's throw it yeah, in this movie.
0: <laughs> I know, like, a lot of the, like, the pilots in the cockpit and people at computers, I know that a lot of that is stock footage from other stuff, too, where, like, they they'll just zoom in on, like, a guy looking at a computer, they'll zoom in on the actor's eyes so they don't have to, like worry about what he's saying like stuff like like a lot of the insert <laughs> shots are from other things
1: um yeah uh, a lot of a lot of green screen even in oh, yeah. places where it doesn't you know like they, they green screen a barn into the background as though you can't find a real barn in in the world like it's just kind of like the the one like island part isn't
0: like the the leader of the 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 natives like it's 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 like a hot chick, but like it doesn't doesn't she have like she has like a name like a what's her name it was like i don't know it was like i, I boob lady or something it's something <laughs> like that I don't know what it i don't remember what it was
1: <laughs> I, I feel like I would remember boob lady but you know
0: uh, <laughs>
2: No, well, no guarantee. It's
0: something just as questionable. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, does it, are there any noteworthy conga moments in this? That's what I'm really trying to no. extract. <laughs>
2: no, there's not. Not that I can remember.
0: I remember the scene where like the kids try to lure him back by dressing one of them as a hot dog because they think he likes hot dogs. But again, that's that's like a kid... Moment. That's not like a conga moment.
2: Yeah. Uh, (coughs) I remember more about the puppet, like Mm -hmm. the little puppet that. Yeah. The kids are. I just mean like as as far as like the
0: rampaging conga. Does he? This is this is horrible podcasting, by the way. But I'm just I just can't.
2: But I mean I I don't know that it is only because I don't.
0: I don't. Yeah. I don't. You don't know if there is one.
2: I don't
1: know like I, know. I remember, there's a scene where a car blows up. Uh, so you have like superimposed flame, uh, like green screened over over a car, and in the audio commentary, there's a bit where like, oh yeah, we were supposed to show people escaping the car,
2: but we forgot. Like, well, <laughs> also, like, we forgot. There's also the news reporter lady that like is excessively annoying, at least to me. But she's she's clearly reading like the the. From some sort of cards or whatever, as she's like talking about Konga's rampage. Which they do that more than they show the actual rampage. In fact, I think the movie opens up like they show Konga running through the city, and that's how the movie starts. And then we ca- it's like a um, it starts at the, at the at the end of the movie, and then you kind of tell how you got there. But there's not any other stuff to really talk about. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I just I I feel like uh, all everything we've talked about, I can like pinpoint at least like a memorable monster rampage moment or something and if if it exists in this like Sorry Brett Kelly, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't fun enough for me to remember.
2: <laughs> well, I actually I really think Kevin's explanation about being an intruder watching is probably the I mean it's it's spot on. It's one of those things where like if you made it, if someone made this in high school and include in like they made it with their friends. Their friends were in the cast, and you watched it with a bunch of other friends. You would all laugh because you're seeing people you know in the movie, and that's the joke.
0: Yeah, and, like and now, I used to make little like like short films and stuff like that too. That like were never supposed to be good, but it's like oh, I made this with my friends, and like I can show it to my like other people, and like we can laugh. It like I've done that, but I, I would and, never. And, and like, I would I would never like put it out.
2: <laughs> you know, but in this case, we're we're like never in on the joke really, and. That's the problem, and it's not fun. Besides, I, I Bert, I, I laughed at the serial thing too. By the way, so you're not, you're not the only idiot. Okay, but, good. <laughs> but aside from a few of those moments, and I mean, like the the kids are charming enough. But I can only relate to that because I am a father, and like I could totally see Landon doing that kind of stuff. You know, doing the, the maple leave and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah no, that, like,
0: no, the the kids are like weirdly. I don't want to say good, but like they're well, weirdly like. They, they way, give like it, just, They do give it a f- the, a spirit of fun, and that like you can tell they're just having a good time. Yeah. Um. <laughs> how does this all resolve? Does 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 anyone remember that?
1: Does Congo oh, shrinks or? back down again, and then okay. they, and then they find a dinosaur egg, uh, and then that's that's the end
0: oh i don't i legitimately don't remember the dinosaur egg. but oh are you got are you you got ready for kong tnt 2 <laughs> and yes we will have to watch it if it if it happens uh was the so i mean is the only is the only one here that owns the actual disc like is the commentary illuminating in any like does it say anything that we haven't talked about or anything worth note here
1: uh, I mean it's it's really just kind of uh the director and one of his kids, they sit down and they, they sort of go back and forth. Um the other kid apparently said he was too busy playing video games to do the commentary. <laughs> uh but uh you know, it's there, there are parts that are that are amusing. There are parts that uh probably shouldn't be amusing, but I, I cracked up at just, you know, kind of listening to the commentary. Um you know, like and the kid's like, oh, you know, maybe next pandemic, like, ooh, <laughs> so, that
0: kid doesn't know how real he's being.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, you know, it's 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 just little things that you know aren't going to be surprising. Like, yeah, that 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 "boys will be boys" song was the band that the director's in. Like, okay, <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. Like, you know, things like that, and yeah. he kind of you know just points out cameos by people that he's worked with or whatever as as it goes along and um, it's it's not uh, it's not gonna reshape your world or anything but it's you know if you if you feel the need for for trivia like say if you're uh, asked to be on a podcast reviewing this movie then you know it's uh, it'll give you something to talk about I guess
0: So next time you're playing bar trivia and the topic is conga TNT and it's who. Who, who 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 sang the "Boys Will Be Boys" song? <laughs> you have your answer. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I mean, the, even as like a backyard movie, like I mean, you know, think of think of movies that have pulled off so much with with little. You know, I mean, li- something like Equinox, which Equinox is probably like Avengers level budget in comparison to whatever this was made with. But I mean, you know, there they, you can make something for barely any money and, and have, you know, certain be, it be innovative or in, you know, have some ingenuity there. And I, I, I didn't really sense much of that here. So,
1: um, yeah, I mean, I, I watched one cut of the dead operation remote, which was made in the pandemic, uh, by somebody who's also made about the same number of movies. And it's, uh, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. Uh, night and day.
0: And then I watched. Uh, I watched. Um, did you watch Host? Uh, it, no, it's, I haven't. It's, it's it's a it's a it's on Shutter. It's like it's only like an hour long, but it's a horror movie that was made all on Zoom, like literally like all on Zoom. Um, and uh, like the, as far as I know, like it's a director that's only made like shorts. And then you just like got a bunch of people on Zoom, and they made a horror movie on it. It's it's, a, it's it's pretty good. You should check it out. It's not it's not long at all. You know that. So that's a pandemic movie that I would recommend. But but yeah, I mean, there, you know, it 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 it's it's one of those things that like by putting this out into the world, it's like you're making me think about this as like a low budget B movie with no resources instead of like a home movie like a home video like you know that you would make with your family and like that that makes me uncomfortable because it's like yeah i I, i've seen movies made for peanuts that you know might have still been more expensive than this but there's still a certain level of ingenuity that you know is that that those people came up with for free, you know, and so it 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 really does kind of put you in a weird and difficult position <laughs> where you have to like judge this thing that like probably shouldn't have been released as like yeah. a thing that's been released.
1: And I don't I don't want to feel like I'm like bullying you know the the child actors or anything, but like the I I I, I fault them for nothing. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I think that it was it was entirely you know kind of the decisions that you know their dad made. That kind yeah. Of...
0: Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like knowing what it what it was made with and how it was and why it was made. It's like you. Al- I almost feel guilty, but it's like I have to judge this as something that was put out as a product. It's also and like if if this was something where like some dude was like, yeah, you know, I made this thing with my family during a pandemic and uploaded it to YouTube, like, I probably would be able to be like, oh, that's actually kind of, like, that's cute, it's fun, like, it's actually kind of, like, charming that this guy did this, but now that it's, like, a movie that's, like, someone can buy at a Walmart, it's, like, there is a certain level of, like, I have to kind of, like, look at it as something else, because it's, it went from this thing that, you probably should only have been shown to friends and family to something that's being shown to the world, and so I will segue that into my rating, which is uh, like I I, sh- I know I shouldn't feel guilty about this, but like I have I but I'm giving it I'm giving it a half a star, and it's you know I mean the director <clears throat> see he seems like a nice guy that really loves this stuff and seems like in like what he did with his family like it's a really cool idea to to do with with your kids and stuff when you during a lockdown but it's like man i it, it it i i feel like it's something i shouldn't be watching and it's like i you know i give it a half i i do give it a, a genuine half star because like you know that but is a genuine
2: half star. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a, it's a fun yeah it's a, cause it's a fun idea and there are like a couple gags that did make me laugh like the serial thing and there's at least two or three other ones that like I was like <laughs> you know got like a little belly laugh out of so, so it's like I give it a half star but I, you know just you know so so when when that egg from the end hatches and we get Konga TNT versus Gorgo TNT inspired by the public domain Charlton comic book Gorgo. <laughs> I hope that they that the there's a little bit more you know creativity thrown in. I guess I'll say,
2: yeah, I am uh, right there with you, Bird. I also give. I, I think initially gave this a, a one star, but upon reflecting, like there, I also sort of feel guilty about. I'm not trying to be harsh up on a movie that really shouldn't have been released but like there's it was released
0: yeah because yeah i mean like there is a degree like i i'm not familiar with brett kelly's stuff but like i've seen trailers for some of his shark movies and stuff like but like there is a degree of like it it feels like he all he's trying to do is have fun with his kids he's not trying to make a movie and i think that's an important distinction to make
2: well, that, I, I have a question, and I'm not trying to sound like a jerk because we we love and have supported SRS and had like Ron Bonk and stuff on. But like, my question is, 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 is should they they have released this movie? Because I feel like you could kind of burn the pers- like future audience with your releases by putting something like this out that never should have been put out to begin yeah. with. No, and I mean... like, yeah.
0: I, I know, like, as far as SRS's catalog beyond Kaiju stuff, I haven't seen much of it, but I, I do know, like, they go for, like, the lowest of the low-budget stuff. Um, I, I But I can't speak to the quality of it, so I don't know if it's on par with something like this, but they really do go for that, like... You know that, but but I feel like a lot of those backyard filmmakers, like there, I I am not familiar with their work, but there's guys uh, that are very prolific, the the Polonia brothers that were making these like slasher movies in their basements and stuff. And I, and I know they have like legitimate cult followings, like they they have a legitimate following. So I, I think that there's probably more there than what's in here, and I, I say that out of a place of ignorance because I haven't seen their stuff, but.
1: Well, I, I think that there's also, you know, the way, you know, it's it's not just that it was put out as a commercial product; it was uh, sold as Conga, which is brings expectations. Well, yeah, from you that are attaching. Yes. Yes. Yep,
0: you're was, you're attaching exactly. a property to it in in some way, shape, or form. Yep, that's part of it too.
1: Yeah, and then you know they it, they they went for some. Uh, numerous uh numerous po- you know posters that you know also sell it as a different thing than it is uh yeah the the, you know, the, 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 the matt
0: frank matt frank did a one that is great like that his mm-hmm. poster's better than anything in the movie mm-hmm.
1: well i i don't think he'd seen the movie when he did the posters
0: so. Well, yeah <laughs> um but yeah, no. I mean, those are the. I mean, those are all valid questions. And yeah, I'm. I don't have concrete answers, but I, I can give you like my uneducated opinion. <laughs> um, but okay, uh, Kevin, did you do your 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 star rating?
1: Yeah, I'll I'll give it uh give it one um, rubber alien mask. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> all right. Well. That is it for this round of Kong exploitation. Uh I like I said, I mean, we 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 scraped out the bottom of that barrel last time. This time we were like picking the we were turning it upside down picking the gum off the bottom. Um but yeah, I I uh, we'll see. You know, I mean, Godzilla vs Kong is only a couple weeks away. I haven't seen any trailers or anything for anything new, but you know, We'll, we'll see. We got, uh,
1: got Zillafoot coming up, right? We
0: do have Zillafoot coming, which is uh, seems like it's along the lines of Conga TNT. I, d- I don't know how that uh, project went for them, you know, commissioning people to do little interludes or whatever, but I, we'll see how that goes. Um, and, uh, you know, the the Asylum said they were doing one, but, I mean, that's been on their website forever, and I haven't heard a damn thing about it, so... I have the un- <laughs> for me anyway unfortunate suspicion that it's going the way of uh Mega Shark versus Moby Dick um but yeah we'll see we'll we'll see what happens I, but I, I think I think I can confidently say that we're con out there's a couple things that we we could get back to one day shikari I I think is is one that uh, people seem to like that that one I guess it's it's sort of like a remake of kong but not with so much uh monster action but you're, you've seen shikari right kevin
1: uh, uh i sort of did yeah yeah i mean i it was it was very long that's the main thing i remember from it.
0: <laughs> well yeah it's, isn't it a bollywood movie their movies it are is, always yeah. like like yeah. 90 hours long um but anyway yeah i don't i don't i'm not sure uh you know how what else we'll be able to scrape up if we do more Kong ripoffs but uh we're tapped out for now. So I guess I guess we're good. I we good to wrap this up.
2: Bye. Sounds good.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> good night everybody